Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Chicago City Council just got a lot more diverse, more progressive, and younger. I'm Natalie Moore in Versace and Simons, and this is Reset. During Tuesday's runoff, Chicago voters elected the council's first Asian woman, a record number of Latinos, and what will be the most progressive council in Chicago history. So what's on the first-time alders' to-do list, and how are they hoping to work with the new mayor? We sat down with Alderwoman Nicole Lee of the 11th Ward, which covers parts of Bridgeport, Chinatown, Armour Square on Chicago's south side. And Alderwoman-elect Angela Clay of the 46th Ward, which includes Uptown on the city's north side. Congratulations to you both on your races. You are part of 13 new Alders who will be joining the city council. Alderwoman Clay, have you been in touch with fellow freshman colleagues? What conversations have you been having? Yeah, very excited, very enthusiastic, ready to get to work. We really have the momentum um, of some eyes wide open neighbors all across this entire city who want to get in city council and make it work for the people. So it's been extremely exciting, extremely tiring, but we've we've gotten this far and we're ready to put in the work now. Alderly, the 11th Ward map was redrawn to make sure that there was Asian representation um, in the city council. You were appointed by Mayor Lightfoot last March to replace former Alder Patrick Daly-Thompson. Tell me why representation is important. Gosh, where do I begin? How much time do we have? Um, representation is so important. Um, I can I can give you just the, and in one example, when I'm out knocking doors while we've all up been campaigning and since I've been appointed for this last year, uh, the number of young people, uh, Asian young people have come up to me and just said, are you Nicole Lee? Are you our alderman? Can I take a selfie with you? I learned about you in school. This uh, The statement that if you can see it, you can be it hits home like completely with this conversation about representation mattering. Um, and it's it's about recognizing one's experience, right? understanding the unique needs uh, and experience of a community uh, and, and of an immigrant community. It's not just Asians. Uh, it is Latinos uh, as well and, and all of the, the refugees that are here from various countries. And Alder Clay, you are the first African-American to represent the 46th War. What does that mean to you? Oh, it means so much. It means that we have someone who is a product of everything that this city and really the 46th Ward stands on. I'm a product of affordable housing. I'm a product of our neighborhood public schools. Shout out to the mighty Chicago Public Schools. And I've had the experiences of being around so many different diverse neighbors my entire life. And that diversity really does need to be represented in our local government. Having diversity not only means that we have a diversity in nationalities, but in religions and thoughts and practices and solutions. And so I think that's something that makes our ward extremely unique. It makes it extremely special to me. And I'm also, you know, just showing other young women of color that you can really do and be anything that you set your mind to be. Both of you were raised in the wards that you represent. Um, Alderly, what have been the biggest concerns you've heard from your constituents? Uh, I think I I know every door that I hit, every person that I talk to, their biggest concern is public safety. Uh, You know, Chinatown, Bridgeport, uh, they're very in Armour Square, very 
easily accessible from the highways. Um, we, we get a lot of crimes of opportunity. Um, unfortunately, I think our community, the Asian community, is seen as easy targets oftentimes. Um, and <clears throat> the the data showed that in the in 2022 in Beat 914, where I live in Chinatown, we had the highest incidence of robberies in the entire city. Um, so it, it is something that is on the minds of everybody. We have a huge senior population. Seniors are afraid to walk after dark, um, and many of them don't drive. Um, so it is very limiting in terms of, you know, the quality of their lives. And I, I have teenage kids. I worry about them uh, being out and about as well with, with all of the things that are going on. So public safety is absolutely everybody's main concern. I do wonder, though, is it the, you know, notwithstanding what you said about the beat that you live in and robberies, but is it more of a perception that there's more crime versus what the numbers really say? Yeah, I, I think it's probably both, Natalie. Um, I think that across the city, there are, there are crimes happening in places that really they didn't used to. And I think that's part of uh, what what's contributing to um, the more of the perception. But there are there have been increases in crimes sort of all across my ward, um, and we're working on that. We've been we've been working with the police and um, making sure that we're uh, involving the community as well. Caps are really a big thing in, in the eleventh ward. And, you know, we've seen some some good results from interactions and collaborations between community organizations and the police. What kind of uh, collaborations? So so the Chinatown Chamber of Commerce, as an example, there's a Chinatown um, Security Foundation, as well as a, a watch group that keeps in good contact with the with the Knight District Police. There's a there are um, cameras that are privately owned by local businesses and they've connected to the police, then giving them better opportunity to um to see what's happening on the street and uh, apprehend people or have a better opportunity to, to, you know, capture some of the people that are committing the crimes, you know, and it's not, that's not the one thing that's going to change everything. Like I'm, I'm certainly not saying that. I think, um, you know, like in uh, the public safety and violent crimes issue that we're facing uh, as a forest fire, we have to fight it from all different angles um, because we have to make sure that there are opportunities for young people uh, so that they don't feel like they're that their only way to get the things that they want is to commit a crime. Uh, we've got to give people opportunities. We've got to invest in, uh, in mental health crisis response. Uh, I love the the program that the CDPH has uh, with mental health crisis response. I'd love to see an expansion of that um, and everything that we can do to, to assist with making life in general better across the city so that, that there aren't as many um, there, there's not as much of a desire on the part of others to, to seek out what they want just by wielding a gun. I hear a lot of that um, in my community and, and we got to get people to understand that it's a, it's a big problem. It's not something that, uh, that has a silver bullet solution. Alder Clay, um, the 46th Ward is one of the most racially and economically diverse parts of the city. Affordable housing, gentrification are among the issues. Uh, talk about what you want to do with affordable housing yeah. as Alder. I want to make sure that we are expanding it and really making sure that it trickles down to every single neighbor, right? We have an extreme issue with not just affordability, but also the types of housing stock that we are building. I tell people this all the time that we are a ward of neighborhood elementary schools and a high school, but we're not building any real family housing around our schools. So we are kind of setting ourselves up um, for a ticking time bomb if we are not being intentional about making sure that we have affordable housing and family housing that is accessible to all of our families, even some of our teachers, you know, our teachers who are in the classrooms every single day need these same exact resources 
in order for them to sustain their families in our ward as well. So I want to make sure that we are building affordability at every level, that we are actually building family housing and also protecting our seniors. You know, our seniors are really the biggest population that's feeling the pinch of gentrification right now. If they are on a fixed income, if they do not have accessibility and uh, liquid liquidity to get more income, they are stuck in a bubble of do I stay in a community that has been resourceful, uh, safe, affordable to me, or do I have to flee? So I want to make sure that we are protecting them as well. Is there room to build more housing in Uptown? Always. <laughs> we From are, a land. We, we do. We have some opportunities. We have some opportunities to look at parcels that have been vacant for years. I think we also have an opportunity to look at um, spaces that have not been utilized in decades as well. Um, we have a project that's going up right now um, in Buena Park where it used to be a dry cleaners and a store that was underutilized. And so now it's being turned into apartments. And so I think that's something that is we... Is that going to be affordable housing? Some of them, yeah. A small percentage is going to be affordable. And it's looking out that, it's, it's thinking outside the box and looking at all of the areas in our ward that have opportunity to grow. And I definitely think that the 46th Ward has enough space and more opportunity to expand. Um, I want to ask both of you, do you have any ideas about improving the CTA? And <laughs> <laughs> you're all about, I mean, your yeah. communities are both off the red yes. line. This has been such an issue for people who take transit. It, it absolutely is. I, I think that I think there's lots of room for improvement. I, I think we can all agree to that. Right. Um, and I think that that begins with safety and cleanliness. And we, we want people to feel safe using this transit system because it needs to be used. Yep. If it's not used, um, you know, we're, we're going to be in an even bigger trouble if people aren't using the transit system because, you know, it's self-funded. So I think that um, addressing safety and security, ensuring that people's perception of the CTA, mm-hmm. that it is safe to ride and um, is something that is usable is, is first and foremost what we need to be able to do um, so that we can encourage more use of and the, the benefits of having increased use of public mass public transit. And we have really great public transit in this yeah. city and we're going to have even better with the red line extension. Yeah. I think it also goes into being in constant communication with CTA, like really having open door conversations about how are you hiring? What are the practices and how can we make sure that the CTA is benefiting every single rider right now? It is an issue between public safety and ridership because a lot of our neighbors who take public safety don't feel safe, take public transportation, don't feel safe on the red line or any form of transportation for that matter, whether that be it stands them up or it doesn't show for an hour. Um, So right now we have to be intentional about getting in front of the, the CTA head and saying, okay, Put all of your cards on the table. Where is ridership declining? When are we going to really invest and make sure that everyone on the CTA feels safe? But also looking at why has it turned into our mental health hospital? You know, it's unfair for our neighbors who have nowhere to go, where our shelters are full and at capacity, that their only option is to ride public transportation all day and night. So it's it's multifaceted, but I definitely think that it comes down to – transparency it comes down to communication and safety i'll add one other thing too just because i've had the experience in this last year and um cta uh, president did come finally to sit before the city council uh, i think we've got a really big uh, challenge ahead of us across all city departments with um 
hiring. Mm -hmm. Hiring people has been very difficult. I mean, I I heard that loud and clear from a lot of the leadership. Uh, You know, they're they're making every effort to hire drivers, train operators and the like. Um, But we've got some serious issues with our ability to um, to hire and retain talent. Um, I think that the safety issue is is paramount to this because if you are a, a CTA worker and you've been held up several times at gunpoint or, you know, you've you've been a victim of crimes yourself, um, we also have to be able to keep our employees safe yeah. as well. Uh, Mary Leck, Brandon Johnson will be sworn in on May 15th, along with members of city council. Alderman Clay, you were endorsed by Johnson. What are your goals with working with his new administration? To really bridge this city together. I think we have an opportunity with Mayor-elect Johnson to come together as a city and put our people first. I think we've, for decades, neglected the voices of a lot of our constituents, and they now have an opportunity to be included in the seat of power. And so I'm ecstatic to get in this office and work with Mayor Johnson to really protect our young people. I love his vision for our young people with putting them back to work, with actually giving them access and resources to help. Their mental health is something that I am extremely, extremely committed to protecting in our schools and outside of our schools as well. And I really want to make sure that we are doing this together. I, you know, got in this seat because people trust that we're going to take their voices to the seats of power in City Hall. And I think that we actually have an opportunity to do that with this new incoming freshman class of Alders and with a new great mayor. Alder Lee, you were one of 22 Alders who endorsed Paul Ballas, who had a much different vision for Chicago than Brandon Johnson. How do you want to work with the new administration? Like I've, I've been from day one um, willing to work with whoever's in office, and I've said that from the beginning. I think that's incumbent upon every single member of the city council with, uh, with whoever was going to be elected. Our job is to work together, too. As you put it, uh, Alder Clay, um, <clears throat> doesn't that feel good? It does. Um, that we're, we are here to work together for the people of the city of Chicago, uh, and we're going to we're going to be ready to roll up our sleeves. I, I had an opportunity to have a conversation with Mayor-elect Johnson uh, the other night, and I, I let him know that, you know, we're we've got a lot of work ahead of us. We've got a lot of work ahead of us um, to, to get this city to be as, as great as we know it can be. So there's the city problems where the city council can step in with policies and then there are the ward issues and a lot of the work as I'm sure you've already know, is not that um, glamorous. It's not glamorous. <laughs> you can say it. It's okay. It's, <laughs> it's garbage meetings, and it's calls, city <laughs> services. Um, if both of you could talk about quickly, you know, what your vision is for ward services, you know, what you're hearing and how you plan to be a good alder in that way. So I'll, I'll take it first. Um, so I have the benefit of having done this for a year now. So I've just a, just marginally a little bit more experience. <laughs> uh, but you're absolutely right. The bread and butter and the, the, the main role uh, of an older person is to take care of the ward. Um, high quality city services, making sure that you're being responsive. Um, you know, we don't get big budgets. We don't control a whole lot, but we are um, we are the consummate connectors. Our role is to make sure that the residents of the city of Chicago in our wards are getting connected to all of the city services that they need and deserve, whether that is a new trash can, a pothole filled, a tree trimmed. I mean, these all sound very basic, but these are the these are the things that make the biggest difference in the lives of everyday residents. Yeah, same. Uh, A lot of my neighbors are like, "Okay, when's the office opening up? (laughs) And I'm excited because not only do I want to make sure that they have great 
constituent services, but also a safe space in our ward. I really want the alderman's office to be a safe space, much like our campaign offices have been for the last couple of months where any neighbor can walk in and ask as many questions as they like, really put their their needs in front of us and seeing how we can bridge them to the services as well. So I'm extremely excited. I'm excited for young people to see that they have a, a space in the alderman's office as well and that we are open and inviting. And You're going to have a youth corner. Oh, in there? yeah. Something I, ha- you know, I ha- I'm a mom. And so uh, I had an entire child care corner. <laughs> and I think that was extremely uh, amazing, especially for working class parents to come in with their children and have a little corner where they could go and be themselves and still be there to get the services that they needed as well. Yeah, That's 46th Ward Alderwoman Angela Clay, and we've been also talking to 11th Ward Alderwoman Nicole Lee. Thank you both for making time for us today. That episode of The Reset Podcast was produced by Stephanie Kim and Micah Yason. It was also edited by Micah Yason. Election season is over, but we'll continue to cover our new city council and mayor as they transition into their new roles. Hit that subscribe button to stay up to date on important conversations with Chicago leaders. That's it for The Reset Pod today. I'm Natalie Moore, Infrasasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.